Let's pray for Nikita. Come on up, Nikita. I love this guy. Uh, Lord, we just thank you for Nikita. We thank you for how you rescued him and you brought him into your kingdom and you've given him such an awesome platform to reach people for you. Lord, I just ask that today, Lord, that he would feel the freedom of your spirit and would just be, uh, as you would just use him, Lord. Anoint his tongue and just bless him today and let everything that you've put in him come out to minister to your people. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. I receive that. Amen. Thank you. God bless you, man. Thank you. Amen. He would have made a good tag team partner, just so you know. He's a big man. I'm like, I would have rather had him on my side than, than as an opponent. Let's just say that. And uh, what a joy, what a privilege, what an honor to be with all of you here today. Thank you, Pastor Travis. I, I immediately ap apologized to him when I, I got here. I've been in your your, your uh, uh, community here for a couple days, actually, and, and the apology was, uh, to him, was like, I had a men's conference, I didn't realize, like, literally about 10 minutes up the road on the same Market Street at a church yesterday, and uh, a men's conference, and so I apologize to all you men, uh, as I apologize to him for not letting you know about that, um, and, uh, and, and making you aware of that. We had a phenomenal time there yesterday. The ladies uh, just went over the top with continental breakfast and lunch for us, and it, it, was, it, was, it was amazing. And, uh, um, but I'm gonna, I, I will share with you in a moment uh, another opportunity, even though that was a missed opportunity, in a moment, another opportunity. But uh, I appreciate his introduction. That was, uh, oh, we have a crowd up there. Hey, guys. Hi. I didn't know there was an up there. Hi. Good to see you guys. Good to see you guys. Um, and I uh, appreciate his introduction. It just brought back some, some different, different memories uh, every time I watch that video. And, and let me just say this. Like when you, if you think about that video for a moment, think about the opening interview. Think about the closing interview for just a moment. Now, if you're not impressed by anything else today, you got to at least be impressed by how well I mastered the English language. Come on. Come on. Come on. I mean, for real, right? Come on. In fact, you know what? Give Jesus, and I know you clap, but give Jesus a clap offering right now. Come on. Let's give Jesus a clap offering. No, come on now. We're Jesus. Come on. Jesus. Yeah. Should have done that at the very beginning. He's the one who deserves it all. And so you'll have to forgive my voice yesterday. I, I, uh, we, we spent several hours together yesterday just uh, pouring into men. Just give you a little quick backstory on that, just pouring into them. Uh, if you're familiar, if you're not a wrestling fan, I get that. You don't, and you don't even, like, people apologize to me. They're like, I don't watch wrestling. I don't know who you are. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. I, I, realize, I get it. You know, not everyone knows who Nikita Koloff is. Um, but uh, a number of years ago, uh, a, another wrestling peer of mine, uh, Lex Luger, if you know that name, the total package Lex Luger, uh, God had given us a vision for the conference we did yesterday and for a camp that we do every spring and every fall. And, um, and so our, the vision God gave us was to, to empower and equip men. So for the ladies here, you'll appreciate this, I hope to empower and equip men through teaching and training, through the experiences that Lex and I have had in our life journey from, from physical health. So if anyone knows about him, I mean, back in the day, you know, you saw some pictures of him. I mean, he was 270 and ripped. 
Uh, I was 285 back in those days, about 8% body fat, 34-inch ways. It was insane, right? But so we take that experience from our physical to mental, emotional, what it took to become world champions, uh, to, to our spiritual journeys. As I came to the Lord, as you heard in the clip, 17 October 1993, about 11 months after I left wrestling, I found myself at an altar surrendering my life to the Lord, encountering Jesus. I mean, it was a real deal, a true conversion that I experienced at that altar that, that set me on a path, on a course that, that life's never been the same since. It just hasn't been. It just hasn't been. Amen. Amen. And uh, Lex, I mean, he, you know, April 23rd of 2006, after drug addiction and alcohol abuse and in and out of jail, uh, you wouldn't have maybe known that because you would have watched him on TV and, and saw the, the total package, but behind the scenes, his life was a train wreck. And uh, God got a hold of his heart uh, after his last stint in jail, April 23rd, 2006, and God reconnected him and I after 11 years of, of, of no communication or contact with each other. And uh, that launched us into doing an, a lot of things together, including this camp and, and now these conferences that I do. Uh, uh, and, and he does the camps with me. And, and we want to empower, equip, teach and train men and send them home, uh, ladies, better, better equipped, not that they're not already equipped, better equipped to be godly men, godly husbands, and godly fathers. Now, if that appeals to you, ladies, just give them your blessing. <laughs> hey, you have my blessing. If you want to go to that camp <laughs> uh, or you want to go to a conference, you know, you have my blessing. Speaking of which, let's do this real quick. Uh, do we have that other video queued up uh, possibly? Let, let's just watch. I'm going to show you this real quick. Never apologize for who you are. Be who God has called you to be, and be boldly. Hi, Nikita Koloff here, and I am excited to announce the first annual Morning Star Men's Conference, August 25th to the 27th. Our theme this year, Man Up. It's time. And we have a phenomenal lineup of speakers, including NBA All-Star Al Wood, WWE Superstar Lex Luger, Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, David and Jason Benham, the Benham Brothers, Chris Reed, and of course, Dr. Rick Joyner, and let's not forget world-renowned evangelist Frank Shelton. Click the link below and sign up early. You do not want to miss this event. So let me just encourage the guys there, um, you know, if that's something I would encourage you just to consider uh, that conference uh, at, the, at the end of August there, as you see, incredible lineup of speakers. We're going to have a, some, a great time there. And uh, we got those lights back. Whoever flipped the, there we go. Thank you. Um, let there be light, the Lord said. And there was light. So, um, but uh, we're gonna have a great time together. We're we're uh, we'll have a we're gonna have a, a social hour one night. We're gonna have a movie night, man, just like the theater, man. There in the atrium, a movie night and guys' movie with popcorn and candy and soft drinks, and we're just gonna have a, like for real. We're gonna have a great time and and uh, some breakout sessions, some Q and A's, and 
And uh, there's VIP, there's, there's general admission, there's group discounts, like, like uh, if you put a group together, and there's a day pass. Like you're like, ah, oh, I like the kind, just can't go to the whole thing. Or, okay, okay, we eliminated that excuse, just come up for a day, you know. So, uh, but pray, pray into that. And uh, Fort Mill, yeah, Morningstar Church in Fort Mill, yeah, yep, yep. And, uh, and so uh, I think it's going to be an incredible time, again, of just empowering men with, with other speakers who are, who are going to sow into, into the men there and send them back home. So it starts on Thursday night, and it's all day Friday, all day Saturday, it wraps up on Saturday night. So you could get back here in time for service, right, Travis? So, uh, but um, such a, a great time. And, and, and I would cover your prayers and a couple other things I want to I mention to you. You know, feel free. You probably saw the resource table and back there. Maybe you didn't, but there is one back there. Feel free to grab one of these postcards. These, these, no cost for these. Um, about a year and a half ago, the Lord opened a door to have a, a radio show on Truth Radio Network uh, based out of Winston-Salem. goes into several different states, and it goes up on all the podcast platforms uh, as well. And, uh, and, and so you might catch a theme here, Man Up Conference, our camp's called Man Camp, the show's called Man Up, the Man Up Show, anyone catching a theme here? Um, and uh, it's time, uh, I think it's time for men to, to man up, right? Um, and then about three months ago, we launched a television version of that on Morningstar TV. And uh, so you can catch it on television, catch it on radio, catch it on podcast. Uh, all that information's right here. The man camp information. Go to my website. You can learn more about the man camp as well. And I just cover your prayers on all that. Already the podcast has been downloaded last count to 64 countries so far. And so grateful and thankful for that. Just keep all that you know, in, in your prayers, if you, if you would, as we impact people's lives. Uh, and there's a lot of ladies that listen to it, too, because sometimes I have ladies actually on the show, uh, believe it or not. And uh, some ladies just want to know what men are talking about, right? Um, and so pray about that. Pray about that for us as the Lord opens up many doors for me to travel. And, and next weekend, I'll be in Portland, Maine. Last weekend, I was in Hampton, Virginia. God just continues to open a, a, a lot of doors for me to minister the gospel and do these conferences and, and, uh, and these camps. And so I just cover your prayers uh, on all of that. My uh, um, background um, was not wrestling. We had a man stop in earlier, and, and he's like, hey, you follow wrestling? He goes, ah, oh, he's actually a football guy. And we're like, okay, well, I play football too. Uh, in high school, college, and that was kind of my passion, but that door of opportunity opened up um, a number of years ago to break into that wacky, crazy world of professional wrestling, which uh, I, I wasn't looking for that opportunity, um, but the opportunity presented itself, and so I just took advantage of that opportunity, and the career was pretty meteoric. In other words, from, from day one, walking into uh, wrestling office in Charlotte, North Carolina, Jim Crockett Promotions, introduced myself uh, and only had had a five-minute conversation prior to that and uh, months earlier and showed up the day he said to be there and he introduced me to two guys named Ivan Koloff and Don Cronoda. They're the world tag team champions and, and said, take a look at your new partner and my career was launched. Nikita Koloff was born in the hallways of Charlotte that day and uh, 
Within 13 months, it's crazy. Within 13 months, I, I had become the world tag team champion, world six man champion. And then I was wrestling a blonde haired guy. Some of you might know him. He used to throw the hair back and he. Man, that was a pretty weak woo, whoever did that. But man, there's a Ric Flair fan everywhere I go. It's crazy. The nature boy. Like, for real, I'm not making this up. Like, I was in South Korea doing ministry a number of years ago, and there's Ric Flair fans in South Korea. I'm like, really? South Korea? And now it's a little different over there. It was more like a, oh, you know. But, but uh, yeah, not the woo, you know, but it's Korea, right? But anyway, uh, and I'm wrestling that guy 13 months into my career for the world heavyweight title in the first ever Great American Bash. And fast forward, um, you know, I, I wrap up my career. I decide to walk away under my own terms at the age of, of 33 uh, by choice. Uh, although I, I did get injured in, in my last match, I just chose to walk away. Little knowing 11 months later, as I mentioned, I would find myself at, at an altar surrendering my life to the Lord. And the Lord would take me in a completely different direction, different path. And what's amazing is how that wrestling career really kind of set the stage. If you want to say it was kind of a training ground for, for the ultimate call upon my life, which is, is the ministry. And because uh, I think back to those wrestling days, what I do, I, I flew on airplanes, I rented cars, I talked on microphones in front of cameras and, and entertained crowds for a living. And I'm like, okay. And then I give my life to Jesus. And I look back now in the last 28 plus years, I'm like, oh, you know, what, what all have I done? Oh, I know. I've flown on airplanes. I've rented cars, talked to microphones in front of cameras. Uh, welcome to the uh, audience there online, right? We've got an online audience. Welcome. I have one question for you. Why are you there? Not here. I think it's a fair question. Just kidding. You're in Europe, right? Thank you for tuning in from Europe. We appreciate it. No, we really do appreciate our online audience. Um, but uh, so it was really just a training ground for, for what the Lord has called me to do. And, and you said something uh, about rest that, that really, as busy as I am, and I am busy. I mean, if you consider a television show, recording sh television, radio, the podcasting, traveling the way I travel. Uh, the Lord did, I feel, set me up for that. But I, I just bear witness with the whole rest. Uh, uh, early on in my journey with Jesus, a, a spiritual father from, from South Africa said this to me. You may appreciate this. And he, he said, Nikita, just remember this. If you're going to go into essentially full-time ministry, just remember Christ died for the church so you don't have to. I thought, man, he goes, he goes, he goes, you make sure you take sabbaticals and you get the proper rest you need. And, and that really is for all of us. That's just not for those of us who are in ministry. So critical. And it is a principle. Go read your Bible. I talked to the men about it yesterday. Work six days, rest one. That's a principle. God established it. He created everything in what? Six days. And then on the seventh day, he did what? He rested. I mean, our, look, our minds, and see, that's what we covered yesterday, uh, being healthy mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even physically. We covered all that yesterday. We cover that more in depth in these camps, these man camps uh, uh, that we do. And, and the importance of that, be recharged, to be refreshed, 
right? To rest our minds and our emotions, to, to rest our physical bodies, to come to church and gather together on a Sabbath day and, and, and be able to get recharged and refreshed by the man of God who's spending time in his prayer closet, listening to the Lord so that he can bring a message to you that equips and empowers you to go out there into a world that if you're not paying attention, please do, that, that is accelerating into, into the abyss, it appears at this point. But, but I'm encouraged, I don't think it's too late, especially for America. I do believe we're at a tipping point. This will kind of tee up what I'm, it's on my heart to speak to you today. I do believe we're kind of at a tipping point here, a crossroads, if you will, uh, here in America, that, that it, we need to, as a church, uh, in my view, in all of my travels and over these past number of years, and as I pay attention to what's ha- happening right now, uh, that it, it's, it's time not only for men to, to man up, but for the church to stand up and for the church to speak up. And I like, I'll say it this way, for the church to get a backbone. I really feel like, you know, part of the reason we're in, somewhat in this muck, in this mess, is because the church, you know, has been too passive for too long. Pastors have been too passive for too long. More interested, as scripture says, in tickling the ears of their, of their parishioners and listeners and entertaining them from the platform than really challenging them to press into their journey with Jesus and to really walk with him. And then, especially as men, to be servant leaders of their family, to model Christ to their family, to pray with and for their family and their wives. And so that... That's just, that's setting some things up. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to just gather together this morning to, to take this, this day and, and assemble and fellowship and to worship and amazing worship that did enter, it, it, to help facilitate, Lord, to help bring your presence into this place, Lord. I agree with what Pastor said, Lord. We, we don't necessarily always feel your presence, but man, when we do feel the tangible presence of God, it is pretty amazing. Lord, I pray that we would set our hearts to receive your word today, that you would just move me out of the way. I could just be a mouthpiece. Lord, that this message you put on my heart, I, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, that I'm able to deliver it the way you gave it to me. That each of us, man, woman, and child, will walk away today different than how we arrived here today. We would embrace your word, apply it to our lives, take action, and go out into this world and make a difference. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you're ready, say I'm ready. <clears throat> Boy, that was that was. <clears throat> if you're ready, say I'm ready. <laughs> uh, all right, let's see if that's true. And for the rest of you that aren't ready, I'm praying for you. Just so you know, I'm just I'm praying for you. 
But are you ready? On a serious note, are, are, are you ready? You know, I, I mentioned high school, college football, graduated with a college degree, um, but I learned pretty early on that my education didn't end with a, with a degree from college when I walked and, and received my diploma, that I have become what I have termed a lifetime student, that I want to continually learn uh, about whatever I can learn about, but especially about the creator of the universe, the word of God, growing the knowledge of God, and not just uh, an intellectual understanding of it, but uh, what I call a heart understanding, understanding God's word down into the depth of my heart, into the depth of my soul, which is my mind, will, and emotions, right? And so I want to be all engaging, but here's what I've realized, maybe some of you have as well. As much as I learn and as much as I know, I find out there's lot, like lots of stuff I still don't know. <laughs> Anyone identify with that? I mean, there's plenty of stuff I don't know. And so I'm pondering the scriptures, I'm paying attention to what's happening out there and, and here's some things. I just jotted a couple things down. I'm like, things that I don't know for sure, but you know, the, just, I'm pondering these things. Like, for example, I'm going to give you an example. Are we, based on what we're seeing out there, are we perhaps on the brink of the next great awakening? I mean, I, I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. When I study history, there have been some pretty amazing great awakenings in history. Now I'm hopeful because I feel like we need a great awakening. And not just in America, but uh, worldwide. When, when you see what's happened over the last couple, three years that's impacted the entire world the way it has for I think the first time ever in history. Like in the past, there have been you know different things that have happened in the past uh, that affected certain parts of the world. But I don't know that it's ever impacted the world, the entire world, the way it has in the last couple, three years. And, and so, you know, this tipping point or crossroads in America, if you will, I'm like, man, are we, are we on the brink of the next great awakening? I just don't know for sure, right? Or here's another thought. Perhaps maybe we're on the cusp of the greatest harvest ever. So even though it seems like things are spiraling out of control, perhaps that's just setting the stage for the greatest harvest ever. Again, I don't, I don't know for sure, but these are things I'm pondering. One other thought, one other thought. Are we perhaps at the threshold of Christ's return? Not now, we know this. Are we all in agreement that he's coming back again? Are we all in agreement on that? Like, read the word. He came the first time, right? We know the story. He came the first time, gave up his life, right? Gave it up. They didn't take it. He gave it up, right? Sacrificed, you know, his life on the cross, crucified, nails driven through his hands, his feet, his spirit through his side. He sacrificed his life. He was crucified and died. Three days later, rose again, right? Number of days later, ascended into heaven to the right hand of the Father, 
right? And then he's just on hold. Like, I remember the movie Braveheart. I don't know if you ever seen that movie where there's a point in the movie where they were like, hold, 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 right? So, so he, I think he's like on hold right now at the right hand of the Father. And in fact, not only do we not know if maybe he's on the threshold of his return, he says in Matthew 25, 13, he says, watch. And I take that word watch and I'm like, pay attention. To me, that word watch means pay attention. Watch what's going on around you. Pay attention. What's going on? He says, watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So even he doesn't know. We know from Scripture who only the who? The Father knows. Like the angels don't know. He doesn't know. So some things we don't know for sure. Are we? Are we on the brink of the next great awakening? Are we on the cusp of the next great harvest? Are we at the threshold of Christ returning? Some things we don't know. Here's something we do know, though. I'm going to flip back to Matthew chapter 24. And... and so Jesus, he has this conversation with his disciples, says this in verse 3, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, tell us, tell us, tell us when these things will be. What will be the sign of your coming? Now obviously, he's there with them. He's already come once. Now they're inquiring, when's going to be the sign of your coming? I, you're talking about leaving, and, and, but when's going to be the sign of your coming? And the end of the age. So we know through his ascension, the church age began. We're in the church age. And once he makes his, his return, his second coming, then we step into what's called the millennial age. That's another sermon and a message for another time. Go study that out on your own. Thank you. Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Again, take heed, meaning pay attention, watch, learn. And look what he says here. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear, check this out, you'll hear of wars. Anyone paying attention right now? <laughs> look, the war in Ukraine is not the only war. You know that, right? I mean, there's wars going on like all the time. I mean, Iran and Israel have been at war like forever. I mean, for a long time, right? I mean, there's wars all over Africa, like inner, inner, inner nation wars and stuff. I mean, there's all kinds of wars. You, we, you're only aware of what's in the most recent in the media is only what you're aware of. Unless you do some real research and find out through BBC and other outlets of what's going on around the world, not just here in our own little world, right? You'll hear of wars, rumors of wars. What's the latest rumor of a war? Anyone know? Taiwan, right? And China, all right? That's the next rumor of a war. But check this out. Look what Jesus says. So you're going to hear wars, rumors of wars. But he says, see that you are not troubled. So man, there's wars, there's rumors of wars. But he's like, see that you're not troubled. Oh, man, I need to press into that, right? Because, man, we, we can get pretty troubled over a lot of the things that are going on around us, can't we? I mean, if we're honest, we allow a lot of things to bother us to trouble us. But yet Jesus says to him, he goes, hey, you're going to hear these things, but see, you're not troubled. Look at what he goes on to say. He says this. He goes, all these things must 
come to pass. But the end is not yet. Look, he goes, he says, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines, pestilences. Could we maybe include viruses? There will be earthquakes. Could we maybe include tsunamis and hurricanes, tornadoes, volcanoes? But look what he says here. He goes, all these things are the beginning of sorrow. So watch, pay attention, heed what I'm saying here. And for the ladies in the audience, you, there's another translation that says, are the beginning of birth pangs. Now, anyone that's, you know, given birth, which uh, I, I haven't, uh, for the record, <laughs> I'm convinced men can't get pregnant. That's just me. That's where I'm at. So I'm pretty sure I'll never experience birth pangs. But he goes through this whole list of things. and He's like, this is the beginning of sorrows, the beginning of birth pangs. And from what I understand uh, from my children, I, I have four, by the way. I got four children, all boys, except for four of them. And uh, seeing who's paying attention here. In fact, just have my 10th grandchild. Thank you, Jesus. A full quiver, yeah. But I understand three out of the four have given birth, and they said, man, those birth pangs you know, get more intense as the birth thing comes closer. So I'm like, things may get more intense for you and I as we get closer to the return of Jesus. Things may get more intense, perhaps. But he comforts us by saying, don't be troubled. Don't be troubled by this, Right? He goes on to say, hey, they'll deliver you up in tribulation. They'll kill you. Uh, you'll be hated by all the nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. Are we paying attention? Many false prophets will rise up and, and deceive many. Verse 12, and because lawlessness. Have we seen any of that the last couple years i mean my my former hometown minneapolis i mean they torched about five miles of 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 minneapolis but uh, however they were mostly peaceful though <laughs> like uh, what planet are you on not earth as 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 flames you know behind the reporters mostly peaceful here you know i'm like are you kidding me there, there will be lawlessness Look at this. There'll be lawlessness will abound. Love of many will grow cold. And, and, but, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. He who endures to the end. Some things we do know. There's some things we don't know, but there's some things we do know. Over in 2 Timothy, there's, there's more, more highlighting if we're paying attention. In chapter 3, there's some more highlighting here. But know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. So there's some more highlighting. So Jesus kind of gave a description in Matthew 24. Now in 2 Timothy, we're getting a little more insight into what it's going to be like prior to his coming back. And perhaps uh, the next great awakening in the harvest. Uh, but know this, there'll be perilous times. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, 
despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And then, and then verse five, having a form of godliness but denying its power. So we, get, we, we, we need, to, as a church, we need to, to pay attention uh, to, to what's going on. We need, here's the deal. I asked you if you were ready. Uh, we, we need to, to be ready. We need to be ready for the next great awakening. We need to be ready uh, to be a part of the, 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 the greatest harvest ever. We need to be ready for Christ to return. Now, here's the deal. He could come back before I put this microphone down. You don't know that. I, I don't know that. He doesn't know that, but he could. It is a possibility. So here's a question for you. If that did happen, here's a what if. If that did happen, whether it's before I put this mic down or before the sun went down tonight, would you be ready to meet your maker? Would you be ready? I think it's a fair question. Would you be ready? If that happened, if Jesus showed up, would you be ready to stand before him? Is your heart in the right place? Is there something in your heart maybe you need to get cleansed today? Release and let go. Maybe some hatred, unforgiveness, some bitterness, some resentment. Just go through the list of things. Some addiction to something that you need to let go. You need to get do a heart check. Would you be ready? Would you be ready? Are you prepared? Are you ready? Are you prepared? And I'm going to take it a step further. You might, you might be able to honestly say, yes, I am. Okay, here's another question. Are you preparing others? Are you preparing others? Oh, that's your job, Nikita. That's pastor's job. No, it's not. Uh-uh. Go read 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 5, because if you've been reconciled back to the Father, if that's part of your story, like, like uh, I gave my life to Jesus, I've been reconciled back to the Father, okay, you now have a ministry of reconciliation. Every single one of you have a ministry of reconciliation. Well, my brother came with his son here today, and, and, and he was telling me back, uh, I'm going pick, to pick on him, and uh, uh, he, he was just sharing with me how how, you know, he's encouraging his son, hey, let's just take 10 minutes. If we can do 10 minutes of video games, let's take 10 minutes to do a Bible study together. And I just tried to encourage the young man. I said, take advantage of that because I minister to a lot of men. And I told him, as I tell you, there's not a lot of men that have been able to sit before me and, and had, had that kind of father that was interested in sowing spiritually into their heritage, into their life. 10 minutes right? Take, take ad, 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 advantage of that. He's helping his son be ready, to get ready, to be ready. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you preparing others? And why, why, what's another reason why we want to do that? I'm going to go over to Revelation chapter 22 and two scriptures in Revelation 22 that Jesus said in verse 7, this is Jesus highlighting red, behold, I'm coming quickly. So even though he doesn't know when he's coming back, he does know when he comes, it's going to be quick. 
Right? Scripture says like the trumpet's going to sound. We'll see this in a moment. It'll be like in the blink of an eye. So when he comes, man, it's, it's quick. He says, blessed are those who keep the words of the prophecy of this book. Verse 12, he reemphasizes, behold, I'm coming quickly. He goes, and my, my reward is with me to give each according to his own work. That's another message for another time. But just know not only is he coming quickly, when he comes, that's why we need to be ready that's why we need to be prepared. He's going to come quickly in the blinking and twinkling of an eye, but he's also bringing rewards with him. That's for another story for another time. We need to be ready. We need to stand up. We need to speak up. We need to rise up. I'm so tired of hearing two word, these two words, silent majority. We've been silent too long, church. We've been silent too long. It's time to speak truth in love, key, in love, and then just sprinkle it with a little grace. So get prepared yourself. Get prepared. Get equipped. Get prepared. Go out there and help prepare. It's actually part of the Great Commission, isn't it? Matthew 28. Go read it. Before his ascension, what did he say? He said, go out into all the world. He didn't say, go out all you pastors. Go out all you evangelists into the world. He said, go out into all the world and make disciples. That's what I'm encouraging you today. Son, if you have dad, you're here. You have sons and daughters, moms. You know, equip those children, grandchildren. For me now, grandchildren. Equipping them, them to be ready for whenever Christ may return or be ready to go out, be prepared to make disciples, right? Start in your own home. Raise up disciples, right? Model Jesus for your home. He's coming quickly, we want to be holy. We want to be holy too. So we want to be ready. We want to be prepared, but we want to be holy too. He illustrates this. I'm going to go over to 1 Peter. He illustrates this in, in 1 Peter. He says this, it started in verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Talked a lot about that yesterday, the battle of our minds at the, at the conference. So we do that deeply in the camps. Be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you by the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children. Man, we talked about obedience yesterday. Wow. Not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but he who has called you is holy. You also be holy. You also be holy in all of your conduct. So how much of your conduct? How much? All of your conduct. Not just some of your conduct. So here's another question. I just ponder here. I'm just here today, Travis, to ponder, throw a few questions out there for your congregation, your, your sheep to ponder, is are you pursuing holiness? Are, are, are you? Just a question to consider for yourself. Are you, are you prepared? Are you ready? Are you pursuing holiness? Because he says right here in his word, he says, hey, be holy for I am holy. So we love and are serving the Lord. We should be pursuing holiness, being sanctified and set apart in this dark world out there, being a beacon of light to the world out there. Be ready. Be prepared. Be holy. And we need to be serious. I'm going to challenge you to be serious. I'm going to stay in 1 Peter. I'm going to go over to chapter 4 in 1 Peter and in verse 7. It says, but the end of all things is at hand. See, so, so the end of all things is getting close. And I, that could be another 100 years. I don't know. But it could be before the sun goes down tonight. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. 
Here's another question I'll throw out there for you. How serious are you about your prayer life? Do you even have a prayer life? Ah, I pray over my meal. Well, praise God. That's a good start. <laughs> good starting place. But how serious are you about your prayer life? Do you have a prayer life? I appreciate, you know, earlier before service, the intercessory room back there, you know, praying and, uh, and, and, and love. When, uh, the healthiest, and by the way, there is no perfect church. You get that, right? And if you're in pursuit of that and you find it, do me a favor, don't go because you'll screw it up. Just saying. But the healthiest churches that I'm in, and, and, and understand, I've been in 30 different countries so far, all 50 states. I've ministered in over 1,200 churches so far. And the healthiest ones I'm in are the ones that have a strong prayer presence. Certainly corporate prayer is critical and important to the health of a church. But so is your individual prayer life. Jesus said in Matthew 6, he didn't say if you pray. He said, and when you pray, go into your prayer closet. I, I think of my, my kiddos, uh, when they were little, when they were tiny like this, and they're heading off to, to, to school. And I, I had at that time this big, huge closet. It became like my prayer closet. Anyone ever seen the movie War Room? No, I didn't empty it out like in the movie, but... That's what it was. And they're like, where's dad? Where's daddy? He's like, oh, he's, he's praying. And like, all of a sudden, the door would burst open like, boom. Like, hey, daddy. I'm like, hey, come on in. You know, join the presence, right? But, uh, but what did I model for them? And now I get the privilege. They saw their daddy in the prayer closet praying. And, and now I get the privilege of doing that with my grandkids. Like, sometimes if I, they're, I take them to school. And I'm like, hey, kids, shh, shh, shh. Grandpa's going to pray for you before I drop you off. Grandpa's going to pray. And so I, I, pray over, I pray over them, their studies, you know, wisdom, their teachers, the headmaster, protection over their school, right? They, now my grandkids get to see Grandpa model that for them. How serious are you about your prayer life? Are you serious? Do you even have a prayer life? We, we, we got to be ready. We need to be prepared. We need to be preparing others we need to be holy, pursuing holiness, be in this world. Hey, you know what? I have dual citizenship. I'm not talking about Russia and America, okay? Just in case you're wondering. <laughs> I just portrayed a Russian. I saw people come to me all the time. I was doing a Comic-Con in Atlanta a couple weeks ago, and this dude came up like, a guy, two to me, a guy and a gal, fluent Russian, right? And I'm like, uh, whatever, you know, I'm like, What'd you say? You know, they're like, Are you not from Russia? I go, I go, uh, character I portrayed. <laughs> go to 10 in Russian. Does that count? Right? <laughs> but I'm like, oh my goodness. No, no, right? I have dual citizenship. Here's the deal, guys. My home is heaven. I'm just here recruiting. I, I, I'm just here recruiting. Man, I'm a sojourner. I'm a foreigner, as scripture says. I'm just passing through this world now on my way home. In the process, I'm just recruiting. See who else I can recruit into heaven to go with me. It's part of your call, in case you're wondering, what's my call? There you go. Part of the Great Commission. Recruit them on in.
And then once you recruit them in, once you recruit them to the foot of the cross and they surrender their life to Jesus, then just go ahead and take the next step. Go ahead and disciple them now. Oh, no, that's bad. No, 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 it's not. Listen, I, I did a crusade in the island of Zanzibar a number of years ago. If you're not familiar with that, it's off the coast of Tanzania. At the time, it was 97% Muslim. Pastor warned me. He said, hey, you may hear some sounds. Sounds like gunshots, but they're not really guns. I'm like, okay, okay. A little more information. And this was like their Sunday service, right? And, and he goes, yeah, he goes, during church services, the Muslims stand outside and launch these big bricks on top of our metal roof. And so when it hits, it's like, boom, it sounds like a gunshot, but it's really not, so don't be worried. I'm like, okay, I won't be troubled on that one, you know. The coo- Here's the cool thing. The women, it's crazy. Wrestling's universal. For whatever reason, it's worldwide. The women invited the husbands. They're like, this professional wrestler is going to be here in church today. You should come. So all these guys came, right? And I'll never forget, we had 19 people at the altar, 18 men and one woman that Sunday morning, giving their life to Jesus. And the testimony later was that these men said, I came to meet this wrestler, but instead I met this Jesus. That was their testimony. Like, that was so cool, right? But here's the best part of that story for, for me. I turn it back over to Pastor, and one by one, he calls people out of the audience, and, and, and next thing I know, there's 19 people lined up behind the 19 people at the altar. giving their, and, and later in his, in, his, in his study, I'm like, Pastor, what was that all about? Like you call, he goes, oh, they are now responsible to disciple those people for the next year. And I went... Uh, yeah, right? Pretty cool, right? But I go, in my mind, I just say to him, I go, oh, I go over like a lead balloon in, in, in America. Because I'm like, the minute you start doing that, they're like, oh, I don't have time to disciple anybody. You know, you don't know how busy I am. You don't know my schedule. I mean, I got my own family. I've got this, that, and the other. But not over there, man. That's the deal. He, called, he just ran random. He just ran. Hey, come, come, come. <laughs> they're like, you know, we go, stand here, stand here. And, and it's their responsibility to disciple those people. Is that not amazing or what, right? Man, be holy, be ready, be prepared, be serious. Hey, be wise. Be, be wise. Let, let me go back to Matthew. Just let me go back to Matthew chapter, uh, go back to chapter 25, where kind of one of the first scriptures I shared. The kingdom of heaven shall be likened to 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to, the bri- to meet the bridegroom. Who's the bridegroom? Jesus. Who are we? The bride. The church is his bride. He's the bridegroom. Now, five of them were wise and five were foolish. Show of hands, anyone wants to be foolish here today? Any hands? No hands. Good. I'm in the right place. Okay. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. See, they weren't prepared. They weren't ready. They were foolish. Ready for what? You'll see. While the bridegroom was delayed, remember I said earlier, I could just see like, like the father, like Jesus is like ready, and the father's like, hold, hold. Because here's what we know from scripture. It's God's heart that none should perish. We know that, right? It's not his desire. He didn't create hell 
for you and I. He created for Satan and his demons. But unfortunately, we know from Scripture, there will be many, according to Jesus, that will go down the wide path of destruction, reject God, and reject Jesus as Lord and Savior. And because of that decision they make of their own conscience, they will then send themselves to hell. He doesn't send anyone to hell. Because it's the Father's heart that none should perish, that everyone should come to the saving grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and surrender their heart to, their, to Jesus and their life. So I can just see the Father going, hold on just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer, hold on, I want to give as many people possible a chance to give their life to me. Then at some point, enough will be enough, and he'll say, here we go, let's go. Blow the trumpet, go get him. Go get your bride, Jesus. Go, go get your bride. Yeah, exactly, that's an even better woo right there. So check this out. They all slumbered and slept, and at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out and meet him. They, they, then they all arose and trimmed their lamps, and the fools said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. See, they weren't ready for the bridegroom. But the wise wished, uh, answered and said, no, no, lest there not be enough for us. Rather, you go find those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready, went in with him to the wedding and the door was shut and after the other virgins came, you know, I can visualize her knocking on the door and they're like, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, surely I don't know you. And verse 13 where I kind of started, watch therefore for you know neither the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? I want to, and end and close with some encouragement here, as well as some hopefully challenging questions for you. Be encouraged. Be, be ready. Be prepared. Be holy. Be serious. Be wise. And be encouraged. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting verse 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. I'm like, ooh, a mystery. Anyone like a good mystery movie? I can never figure them out. I'm not that guy. You know, I go into those, you know, like you can go to those places now and well, all the clues or whatever they're called, right? The clue thing. And I'm like, man, I'm just not good at that, right? But check this out. He says, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must be put, must put on the incorruption, and this mortal must put on the immortality. So when the corruptible is put on the on incorruption and the mortal is put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written: death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? Be encouraged. Be encouraged to further illustrate this over in, in, in 1 Thessalonians, to further illustrate this. Check this out in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 
Verse 14, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, anybody here believe this? Good, amen. Okay, if you didn't raise your hand or nod your head, just today's the day of your salvation, come on. <laughs> Give your life to Jesus. For if we believe Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this I we say to you by the word of the Lord, this we say by the word of the Lord. But we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, but by no means precede those who are asleep. Meaning our loved ones who are Christ followers, who have passed away, who have died prior to us. He, he says they will rise first. The Lord says he'll descend from heaven with a shout. So even if you won't shout, he will. But I believe one day you will too. <laughs> He'll ascend from heaven with a shout, the trumpet of the uh, voice of the archangel, the trumpet of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. There's a generation, according to the word, that's going to get to bypass the grave. A mystery that you and I can't really wrap our head around. Man, how's that work? The dead in Christ will rise first. Our loved ones who've gone before us will rise first. And then he's going to descend and we're going to rise up into the clouds. Jesus further illustrates this. And we'll go back one last time to Matthew chapter 24. He further illustrates this, starting in verse 36. But the day and the hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man will be. And another uh, passage talks about the, in the days of Lot. Go home, study that out for yourself. If you're wondering what it was like in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, go home and, and, and study that out. He goes, for in the, days, in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until, the, until Noah entered the ark. and didn't, They didn't know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will be the coming of the Son of Man be. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be at the grinding mill. One will be taken, the other left. Verse 42, watch where I started out this message this morning. Pay attention. Watch, therefore, for you do not know the hour in which the Lord is coming. So in conclusion this morning, I'm, I want to encourage you. I want to comfort you, but also want to challenge you. Be ready. Make sure your heart's ready, not knowing when he's coming back. But be ready, too. If we see the next great awakening, be ready that you can be a part of that. If we see the next great or the greatest harvest ever, be ready so you can be a part of that. And then don't just be ready yourself. Stay ready, but help others get ready. Help others get ready. Watch, pay attention, pay attention in Jesus' name. Lord, I just thank you for this opportunity again, Lord, just to gather together and bring this word. And I pray in the name of Jesus, Lord, that every one of us in this place right now, those watching online right now, Lord Jesus, are ready. And if they're not ready, there'd be one here today or one watching online that would honestly say, I'm not ready. Lord, that they would get their heart right even right now, even as I'm praying and talking to you. 
Lord, that they would right now just take a moment in their spirit, in their hearts, God, and in their mind, Lord, and just confess and repent, ask for forgiveness, Lord. Cleanse them of all their sin, Lord God. They would open their heart and invite you in even right now. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I need you today. Forgive me, God, for every past sin I've ever committed. Maybe there's somebody here today, Lord, praying a prayer like that. Or online viewing and praying a prayer like that, similar to that. Maybe somebody would say, I prayed a prayer in the past, but coming in today, watching today, my life wouldn't really reflect me being a Christ follower. We in America, anyway, call that rededication or recommitment, Lord. Maybe somebody today needs to rededicate their life, recommit their life, Jesus. Just pray to him right now. Take a moment, just pray to him. A thousand times we can fail and he'll still unconditionally love us. Amazing, amazing. Lord, maybe there's someone here today, you put it on their heart that maybe they are prepared, maybe they are ready. But Lord, they had not really been helping others get ready. You've opened their eyes to that, Lord. or They, they haven't been real serious about their prayer life. Or really haven't been pursuing holiness. They maybe checked the box of salvation. Figure that's where it ended. No, that's just the beginning. And Lord, maybe you're going to Put there, then maybe they're going to make a decision, get on that path of, of pursuing, getting more serious about pursuing holiness, setting themselves apart from the world, be in this world but not of this world, be more serious about their prayer life, to be more watchful, to do their part, fulfill their role in this great love story. Just thank you give you the glory the honor and the praise that you deserve pray all this in jesus name amen amen god bless you thank you pastor travis and first lady